ask Jack if he would look that clip up again. I can still smell the stench and the filth that was in that place. Man, when I got out of the van, I <clears throat> we had prayed and asked God to keep us safe. I was scared, to be honest with you. We had four, five, six hundred people around us with a hundred bananas. Good night. We were not prepared. And I was humbled, to say the least. Why in the world? I thought this in my mind. Did God bless me so much that he would put me here in the dump of America? And why wasn't I put there? Why was I born here? And none of us deserve to be born here. And if you do think you deserve to be born here, you got some issues. You don't deserve it. But Jesus saw fit. And, and that's what he wanted. You know, last Sunday, Sheldon spoke of Second Chronicles 7.14 because it's becoming, and I'm going to push this verse this year in my life, and I hope that God will honor it. I hope that God will honor it here in this church as we stick it in your face, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. <clears throat> I'm going to stick it in your face until you cry, ouch. Because I think, it's, I think God is sick and tired of you being in the condition that you're in. And you feel okay about it. You know, if you've been put there, I guarantee you wouldn't, be a feel, you wouldn't feel good about your condition where that was at. And, and I'm telling you, I don't feel good right now. Being here, knowing that, and, and, and having that fresh on my mind. And, and, and you know what? We have become so satisfied with our dump. And our dump's a whole lot better off than that one. I sat, when I looked at all that, I said, Dear God, I don't have a clue what I'd do with this. And this week, Ann Metal sent me a text. And it was a clip of another dump. And this dump was in Peru. And this woman had been called by God to work in this dump. And her job was to teach. Her job was to reach. Her job was to influence children in the dump. And here's what she said from what I gather out of the article. This is what I feel called to do. Let me ask you something. You don't live in any kind of a trash dump, I don't guess, unless you're a hoarder like that. But the same question comes to mind that I can ask you. What are you called what is you what is what has God gifted you to do here in Covington where you live if my people that are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray I don't know what it does to you here seeing it but I feel about as inadequate as the Indian who saw the ocean for the first time. And he 
decided that he was going to take it back to the tribe. So he put a, in a clay jar, he put a, a, a full of sand, and the other one, he filled it full of water, and he traveled all the way back to his village, and he said, here's what it looks like, the ocean. Do you think for one minute they got it? No, and you ain't getting it either. You'd have been there. Well, you weren't. But something don't change about this story, and I'll tell you what don't change about it. God's gifted you. God saved you, and he didn't save you to sit. He didn't save you to soak, and he definitely didn't save you to sour. He saved you to share. Share what? Share Jesus. Now, when the writer of 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, I don't know why he began here, but it's a good place to begin. If my people who are God's people, they're in the house today, but I'm not sure every, every one of you is God's people. Just not sure of that. I mean, if Billy Graham will stand up, and he, he's not long before meeting Jesus, y'all. But if you read his statistics on the church, sometimes my tongue don't work right. He says that 50% of the local church across this land is lost. Do I know that? No. But you're going to have a chance to consider that before you leave here today. We're going to talk about, can we know... We're saved. I believe with all your failures and all your trials and all your trouble and all of the tragedy that you face, I believe the Word of God still stands true. I don't care if you have an addiction. I don't care if you've just lost a loved one. It doesn't matter to me whether you've just lost everything you have. The Bible teaches me that God will, does save us. And you got one opportunity to get it, and it's why why you're on this earth. I like what Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. For I know whom I believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him unto him against that. Day. I know without a shadow of a doubt, no question in my mind, Paul says, I'm saved. John says in 1 John 5, 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. I hear people say, well, you just can't know that you have eternal life. You can't then the Bible is a liar. John is a liar. Paul is a liar. And you are confused. (laughs) But Jesus backs it all up, summarizes it all in John 10, verse 27. He says, my sheep. Y'all see all them buzzards in that clip? I was there, y'all. All I could see was the buzzards. 
five feet away from me. One swooped down and tried to clip me in my ball spot. <laughs> Ain't a line. If I'm lying, I'm dying. I'm going to take me a toupee the next time I go into that thing. <laughs> Spook me. But I guarantee you I'll never see the, thou the hundred, not thousand, but hundred buzzards that fly over the back of our property from the water tank to our ball field. I'll never see those buzzards the same. Now, it was a thick cloud of them there, picking whatever they could eat to survive. Jesus said, my sheep, he should have said, my buzzards, <laughs> my sheep, hear my voice, and I know them. You want, can I stop right there and give you the greatest definition of salvation? It's not what you know. It's who knows you. You want to know you're saved? Ask Jesus if he knows you. If Jesus, while you're praying, says, Mike, who? You're in trouble. If he doesn't know who you are, you need to get saved. I just thought that sounded good to me. My sheep. Hear my voice, and I know them. And guess what they do? They follow me. You hear that? I don't know who you're following, but it better be Jesus. Amen. Then he goes on to say in verse 28, I give unto them eternal life. Y'all hear that? Because I can get louder. Little kids go out and say, Preacher, was you mad at me? I go, Why, darling? Because you, you yelled at me the whole service. My hearing's going, so I, to hear myself, I got to speak up. If I get deaf, y'all all in trouble. I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man, any human being pluck them out of my hand. <laughs> In Ephesians 1.13, it says, In whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That is a seal of heavenly authenticity. Hey, I pronounced that one right. What does it mean to be sealed of God? It means that I'm okay with him until he returns. All you got to do is exegete that. Y'all say, what's that? A business businessman was traveling. And he was traveling throughout the countryside, and he stopped to ask a young boy for directions. And, and that little, uh, he said, son, I seem to be lost. Do you know how to get to the next town? And that little boy said, nope. He said, well, do you know how far it is to the next town? He said, nope. He said, well, do you know the name of the next town? He said, nope. Finally, the man looked at the little boy and he said, son, you don't seem to know much, do you? And the little boy said, 
I know I ain't lost. <laughs> Do you know that? Do you know without a shadow of doubt that you know that you know that you know that you know beyond that you know that you have and that Jesus knows you and that you have eternal life? Because if you miss the sure foundation, that's point number one, that's probably the one I get to today. The sure foundation of your salvation, if you miss that, you will go to hell. You got it? Say amen. amen. Look. You can't miss it. You got to get it. And where do you get it? On this side of heaven. Man, I don't care if a buzzard has to walk up and tell you that Jesus loves you. Listen to it. <laughs> Fanny Crosby said, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchased of love, born of his spirit, and washed in his blood. You want to know what it means for you to be born again? You want to know what it means for you to be saved? You have been purchased by the love of Jesus. You have been born into his spirit, and you have been washed by his blood. That's what it means. That's why Jesus did what he did. Pastor, ask a dying man. He said, my friend, what persuasion are you? And the, remind, the man replied, I'm of Paul's persuasion. The pastor said, I'm afraid you didn't understand me. Of what persuasion are you? And the man answered, oh, I understood you. I'm Paul of Paul's persuasion. And the pastor then said, well, I'm afraid then I don't understand you. There is a Methodist persuasion. There is a Baptist persuasion. There is a charismatic persuasion. There is a Lutheran persuasion. There is a Presbyterian persuasion. There's a Nazarene persuasion. But what do you mean by Paul's persuasion? The man smiled and he said, I know whom I believe and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Does that sound like uncertainty? We don't have to hope we're saved. We can know that we're saved. We don't have to live with uncertainty and doubts about our salvation. The Bible tells us that we may know that we are saved. And if you're saved, by golly, you're following Jesus. If you're not following Jesus, if you're not hearing his voice and he don't know you, you're lost. Well, Mike, who's going to reveal that to me? I don't know but one, and that's the Holy Spirit. I can do my best, and I'm trying today. But if you don't get it, it's because you ain't listening to the right person. I heard somebody say, the Holy Spirit's not a person. That's because you don't believe in the Father 
God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Ghost. That's because you're an apostolic. That's because you believe. And, and I went on, and, and, and you're following religion. The Bible teaches that there is a Father in heaven, and there is a Jesus in heaven, and he's God's Son, and that the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Paraclete, was left here to minister to you and I and to draw us unto Jesus. That's what the Bible says. Religion says different. False teachers say different. First John 5, 1 says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. When the Philippian jailer cried out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Paul responded in Acts chapter 16, verse 30, that said, Believe in and on the name or, or in the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation is not believing about facts. It's not believing that Jesus just came to die for you. It's not believing that he is the Son of God. You must put every trust Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised his son from the dead, you can be saved. For the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And listen, if you're ashamed of to confess him, if you're ashamed to follow him, then he said he will deny you before the Father in heaven. Matthew chapter 10. You heard that preached last Sunday, by the way. Salvation is not just believing a bunch of facts. It's to put your faith in. That's what the word believe means. It means to trust in. It means to believe Jesus and place your spiritual well-being in the Lord Jesus Christ. For with your heart, man, believe it. You say, what does the word believe mean? Well, it, it simply is talking about you and I putting not only an investment of our soul and our sin, but who we are. James 2 tells us that if you believe in God, you do well. But understand this, the demons Satan believes too, and they tremble. Now, let me ask you something. Where in the world did the demons and Satan come from anyway? And if I'm on the other side of the world, it's... You don't think they don't know? Who Jesus is? <clears throat> Jesus walking on this earth, casting out demons. You remember that when he cast, it, cast out all those demons in the pigs? And you remember what the, the demon said? Why are you fooling with us? It's not our time yet. I don't believe in that foolishness about Jesus coming back. Well, who do you think the demons were referring to when he said, what are you doing with us now? It's not time. Because when Jesus comes back <clears throat> at the end of the seven years of tribulation, he's coming to deal. And he's going he's gonna to cast all those varmints. And he's getting rid of them on the face of this earth. I can't wait. I'm going to get my first trip to Israel. Won't live there. Y'all wrestle out all that stuff. I, I just know that's going to happen. The act of salvation is simply coming to Him and accepting Him, trusting Him to be your Savior. There was a sign outside of a church one time that read, What must I do 
to be lost? The answer, nothing. What if we inserted the question, what must I do (laughs) to be saved? The answer, believe in Jesus Christ. Follow him. And if you can't hear him, you ain't got it yet. You hear me? A lot of people walking around, yeah, bless God, I'm saved, y'all. Boy, in James chapter 2, he makes it pretty clear that even those works do not save us because we're saved, we're supposed to work. What are you doing for Jesus? What? He's called you if my people who are what? Called by my name. You're called. Then you need to humble yourselves. If I get any more humbled of what I saw, I don't know what it's going to take except by the fact of the Spirit of God to humble the prideful American people, to humble the church. What? Are you trusting in for your salvation? Now, let me tell you something. I've heard some weird stories. One, well, preacher, I know I'm saved because when I walked down the aisle, I had electricity running through me, and I was on fire. Well, where in the Bible does it say you were saved by standing on a receptacle and shorting out? Huh? Some of you think, I had a person actually say this, Martin. I'll get saved when I can cry like I saw somebody cry that I know that got saved. That's baloney. Baloney. I've seen little kids kneel there or, or bow their head and say, Jesus, I, I see that I'm a sinner and that I'm repenting of my sin and I want to get saved and I accept him. And I never see tears on their face. You telling me they're lost? Jesus actually said, unless you and I come to the kingdom of God like this little child with childlike faith, we ain't going in. (laughs) I've actually heard someone come to the altar and say, preacher, I got saved Sunday. You did? What'd you do? Somebody prayed for me. Somebody prayed for you. You mean the Bible says that all somebody got to do is pray for you and you're saved? Then why don't we just pray for everybody one time? Go ahead and get it done. It's kind of like the guy that said, I tell you what I'm going to do. When I buy all these groceries, I'm just going to ask God for forgiveness or, or, or for thanksgiving for them one time, then I don't have to pray no more until I go and get me some more. Just pray one time. Get it done. Come on. 
There are those who still believe, and you've heard it, I know. I am a good moral person. I live a good life. Let me tell you something. You're as rotten as a lying snake. And, uh, don't, don't try to convince me you're a good person. I know better. I know better. I know that you are not perfect. I know that you sin. Don't try to tell me that you're perfect. Listen, I know, though, if you're saved within you, you have the perfect one. You have the image of Christ. You are who Jesus wants you to be. He's freed you from any affliction that might be on you in him. But you've got to walk. You've got to be saved. You've got to hear his voice. You've got to follow him. You've got to know that he set you free. You've got to believe in the power that he has to give you. Does that sound like a casual brush with Jesus? I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, I'm just going to finish where I finished in the early service. That'll make it easier on me next week. A skeptic had a believing wife. Well, you know, that had to make for some confusion in the house. And so she was on her husband about reading the Bible. Y'all ever had it? Honey, if you just read the Bible. Well, all right, he said. So he took a day or so, and he's reading the Bible, and all of a sudden he said, Wife, if this book is right, we're all wrong. <laughs> she went, uh-huh. And he kept reading. A couple of days later, he came back to his wife, and he said, Honey, if this book is right, we're all lost. She said, keep reading. So a couple, two, three days later, she, he comes back and said, wife, if this book is right, we need to get saved. She said, you sure do. <laughs> and he did. Let me ask you a question. Maybe you're here, and maybe you're trying to figure out. Maybe you're here, and you're, you're a person that you just majorly screwed up. I mean, you have messed up. You, you, it, the enemy has come to your ear and said, I know I was saved, but I have really messed up this time, and I can't be saved again. Can I tell you that's a lie? A biblical, based on biblical authority, that's a lie. Now, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. If you hadn't already done it, you need to repent. What's that mean? Whatever you started doing that's not right, you need to quit it. I can't quit. Yes, you can. If you're a believer, you can. You've been, getting pow you've been given the power through Jesus Christ to quit any sin if you choose to quit. It ain't easy to quit, but God will make it easier through his son than your life if you say but if you don't repent, you'll continue to do it until you die. Hey, and I don't care what sin that is. I could be lying, gossiping, bad attitude, drugs. I, I, it doesn't matter to me what it is. Jesus, look, there's a lot of good things that can take us a long way, but without the power of Christ, you're sunk. You're not going to get there on your own.
How many of you here today, you're brought in this house, and you mentally or physically, or you, you messed up. You need to bring it to him at this altar. You don't have to tell nobody. Just tell him. If you got somebody you can trust, tell them. I ain't telling nobody nothing that I don't trust, but I trust him with everything. You're a person here and said, you know what, Mike? I had one of them experiences, and I've been thinking that experience is my salvation. Well, remember, Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you can be saved. For with man believeth unto righteousness, and mouth confession is made unto the salvation, and then whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And follow it. Big indication to me, whether you get it or you don't, is whether you're willing to follow it. He called every person that I know in the Scripture. He called all of the, the disciples. He said, drop what you're doing and follow me. And they all did. They weren't all believers, but they all followed him. And whatever he says to do, you got to do it if you're obedient. Maybe you're here today and God's calling you into the ministry. And, and, and I, I don't know why I'm saying this, but maybe God's just, maybe you're just kind of a bit doubtful right now about what you really don't know. And let me tell you something. I've been there and I've done that. And until you yield your will toward his will, it ain't ever going to happen. You can't be in the way. Or you're here and you just need to get saved. We got people here that I know that can show you how to be saved. Please don't put it off. With every head bowed.